This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today on CityCast Chicago, fear-mongering around crime, stereotypes about the South and West sides, and calling Chicago a hellhole, these aren't just political tactics during election season. It's a moneymaker for blogs and social media year-round. We talk with freelance journalist Mark Brayboy, who recently wrote about the growth of online hip-hop and culture blogs and how Chicago misinformation has become some of their bread and butter. It's Thursday, November 10th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Mark, welcome back to CityCast Chicago. Hey, great to be here. Great to be here. When we talk about popularity, I mean rap TV. On Instagram alone, they got 10.5 million followers, probably more by the time people are listening to this. Uh, Another one is Say Cheese TV, which is 2.2 million on Instagram and another million on YouTube. Are people sharing these sites, commenting on the sites, actively engaging with the pages? Or are they just, you know, just got a lot of followers because they got a bunch of bots or something? So the bigger accounts they do have a real live engagement and influence. Whereas a lot of those smaller outlets and the ones that are more, it's the ones that are more anonymous. Like you'll see Rap House, Daily Loud. You'll see all these random names that just like, like you could put in a word generator and put rap and whatever random word, rap street juice, rap house, what you know, all that type of stuff. And they have these, big pictures that is in big letters, big colorful, pretty letters with Parkway Gardens in front of it saying O-Block is, you know, set for demolition in 2023. Yeah, let's let's break that story down for people, right? Because right now you're talking about the the false fate uh, of Parkway Gardens. Uh, So for people who may not be familiar, Parkway Gardens is a public housing complex that dates back to the 50s um, near 63rd and King Drive. you know, since 2021, people were sharing, you know, unsourced information that says Parkway Gardens was going to be sold uh, and then ultimately demolished. Can you give me the background here? Because at one point, Parkway Gardens was up for sale. But what are the facts on this situation? So Parkway Gardens is, let's be explicitly clear right now. Parkway Gardens is not being sold. It is off the market and has been off the market since 2021. How that whole incident started in the first place was when it really was up for sale. LaDirk said that, you know, he wanted to buy O-Block. So all of the hip hop outlets picked it up. Everybody picked it up, basically. So there was a lot of weird rumors picking up from a lot of different spaces. And, And it started from a Say Cheese tweet that said, like, Parkway Gardens has officially been sold by an owner that was not no no there, there was no 
you know, the owner's name wasn't cited or anything like that. No information about that. It just said it was be sold and set for demolition, you know, and a lot of the outlets like the source, hip hop, DX, a lot of those outlets picked that up, but they all cited the tweet. They never cited any like, and this is where bad aggregation comes in. This, this is where we have a, such a messed up culture of aggregation. Cause it's like, you know, you don't just cite a random blog with no receipts when you're right. covering a news story like but, that. But it, and, it's so easy when you can just hit quote tweet or you can just hit retweet or you can just share into your story. I mean, the number of times those, you know, articles or those pictures have been sent to me asking me personally at CityCast Chicago to fact check it. I mean, it is well into the hundreds here. But, you know, it, it, it what's interesting is that we're talking about a, a public housing complex on the south side and whether or not, you know, it was it was going to change hands. But my question and for so many people is why do people even know about Parkway Gardens to begin with? What is the obsession that people have um, with this this community? Chief Keith. Chief Keith and uh, King Vaughn are both from Parkway Gardens and Chief Keith is well known as one of the biggest artists that popularized drill on the national stage, one of the first big, the first big national drill music star. And Parkway Gardens, you know, that was always in his raps, old block for life and all these types of things. And like, you know, as drill, as glory boys, as all those, that circle of Chief Keith, LaDurk, Larice, and tied to the gang feuds between the BDs and the GDs that were congruent, that were tied to so much of the music, the lore of it all became popular. You know, the lore of Parkway Gardens and O Block and all these types of things, and a lot of the rappers that came from Parkway Gardens glamorized it in their in music and all of that. So people get fascinated with that and in conjunction with how Chicago violence has always been exploited in the media for, you know, clicks and things of that nature, all that ties together. And so Parkway Gardens about 10 years ago gets the name O-Block, which is, you know, dedicated to one of the, the members of the gang that folks like Chief Keith King Vaughn came up in, losing their life, and it's sort of a memorialization. Can you tell me, what was the effect of this dif disinformation? Was it, you know, just a headache for some official to have to clear up, or, or were people actually hurt by these stories? Was there a, a real-life impact on people? Well, all of the above. I had a pretty in-depth conversation with uh, Alderman Taylor of the 20th Ward, and that, by her account, that caused a lot of distress in the neighborhood. Like she was being reached out to a lot about that to the point where they had to put out a whole official statement directed to the residents. It created an ongoing fear of like just people having to be displaced in their homes and everything like that. Cause that's the whole thing about gentrification. Like even when you see with the misinformation for the safety campaign, that, that, that anything pertaining to violence in Chicago, whether it's pertaining to music or not, that's going to generate clicks. And you know what I'm saying? That's going to generate 
emotion that's going to generate outrage. Yeah. I mean, you mean speaking to one of those disinformation campaigns, you know, the the people behind misappropriating the safety act. It's this interesting paradox where a lot of the fear mongering comes from right wing opponents of the law um, or, or, you know, people who want to push terrible news about black Chicagoans onto the world. But it's still being spread largely by these black culture accounts, you know. Can you make sense of that? Right. It, it, on the one hand, it's, you know, very much disrespectful to black folks. And yet the, one of the largest audiences and, and, you know, perpetrators of the information is is within the in the house. You you can't what you can make sense of, though, is if you run a business that's just based off of just clicks and monetization of those clicks. Black pain is profitable. I'm going to say it like that. Black pain is black Chicago pain is profitable. When we talk about hip hop and culture blogs, it's kind of a catch all term here. You know, what kind of accounts are we talking about and how popular are they when we say hip hop blogs? So. You have hip hop blogs that strictly cover music, like Fake Short Drive, you have Two Dope Boys, um, Lyrical Lemonade blog, and Daily Loud. So you have like those type of hip hop sites that just cover music and things of that nature. And then you have some DJ Academics, and you got Say Cheese and places like that that not only cover music but cover like the hot topics, the hot headlines and things of that nature about rappers getting shot or a rapper got a new chain or a rapper got, you know, sometimes they don't even post about music. They just post gossip all day. What are the local kind of online social media blogs that are ran in Chicago and who are the people behind them? Uh, Well, you got what's the word? I think uh, that's a problem. That's one uh, that's been around uh, for the past uh, 11 years or so. And uh, that's a prominent hip hop blog ran by uh, Cody Mack. Uh, and like blogs like that, like I call I call I have a term that I call ethical blogging, you know, and that's when people like who aren't journalists, like also move and navigate in a way that, you know, doesn't promote misinformation that makes sure certain things are fact checked that makes sure that they use credible resources in there. You know what I'm saying? Due diligence, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Like places like what's the word, for example, is one of these days is one. um, I think they mostly cover music, but like what's the word is one uh, Chicago media takeout. You know, they have a flaw there's there's been flaws in the past but they try i would say i feel as if they kind of try to put a positive narrative to chicago and things of that nature and try not to you know sensationalize things when you look at a what you know what's the word tv and you say ethical blogging how do you make that determination is it just what they're posting is it the caption like how do you determine if a if a blog is ethical versus driven by clickbait well i mean it's the same thing the same general sense you would like when spotting fake news you know make sure they're using 
firsthand, secondhand, like accurate resources, make sure their sources are cited, um, watch how they cover certain subjects, you know, whether or not it's sensationalized, what make sure they, you know, what they're saying are detailed. And and the gamut of those type of blogs kind of range from like rap TV is ran by a corporation. You know what I mean? Like, and then you have some that are companies and then you have guys that are just two guys. Most of these people are all marketers, mind you, that are responsible for a lot of these sites. And there's a distinct disconnect between people of that ilk in that industry to issues of the common folk. Mm-hmm. I mean, in y'all's piece, y'all actually reached out to the people behind these blogs. If you were actually able to talk to them, do these accounts know the harm they're causing? Do they have a sense of how bad their misinformation gets spread? The short answer is no ish. They're not aware at all. None of those, nobody in the music industry like that was aware. I sent this, I sent this article to Ludirk and she heard about his publicists. They were shocked. Like a lot of people really did believe that Parkway Gardens was sold. And like you have some that genuinely don't care. Now, World Now Daily Loud has since interacted with me and they legitimately said that they didn't know. But a lot of these uh, and most of these places really don't care. They don't come from a, a background of that, you know, caring. A lot of these people are are white. A lot of these people don't come from Illinois, let alone Chicago. A lot of these people like just see this thing and just see clicks and they see O-Block. Illinois is trying to move towards introducing media literacy, right? To give kids at all mm-hmm. different grades the, the tools they need to be able to spot fake news. Do you think that we are fighting just an uphill battle when it comes to teaching media literacy in a culture that is now driven off of instant clicks and gratification? I mean, it's always going to be an uphill battle, but I think one of the things that gives promise is that, you know, people are starting with the youth. I appreciate what the state of Illinois is doing because that's like you're 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 taking it to the root right there. You're starting it with the kids, you know, and you're contextualizing, you're explaining to them, you know, you're teaching them what this is and what it is. So I think that's going to be extremely helpful in the future. I do think now, as far as when you talk to some grown folk now, I think there may be some lost causes here and there, but that doesn't mean, you know, you know how people is, but you, you I hear you the empathy in your voice though. You, you was like, you I mean, I don't want to say it, but it you, you, you could, do you know, but, but you don't, that doesn't mean you give up the good fight and you still, you, that doesn't mean you can't, you still shouldn't put it out there that something isn't true. So you have to educate people young about, what this is and what how you shouldn't you know you shouldn't get to all your information from a random graphic you know you gotta teach people you know and i do think it's complicated sometimes when you're already talking to people that's inherently distrustful of media for legitimate reasons a lot of people that sharing these types of stories aren't always going to trust uh uh Chicago Tribune or Chicago Sun-Times. That's why it's important for blogs in particular to get it right because blogs are standing at the intersection between news and entertainment. 
You could say I'm not a journalist all day, every day, but that does not absolve you of your responsibility to be accurate with your information, to be accurate about the things that you're talking about. When I look at some of these posts, right, again, my brain picks up on some things quickly like, okay, who are they citing? You know, let me just go Google this or let me just go click, put this into a, a search engine and see how many other people are talking about this. Why do you think people will look at a, a, a post and immediately believe it? I think there's a lot of people that just kind of like are willing to see, oh, this negative thing about Chicago. A lot of that boiled down to anti-blackness. I think there's a lot of misinformation. I think the root of it is anti-blackness. And that mm-hmm. goes for the anti-blackness among our people, too. How Agreed. so Agreed. quick we willing to believe the worst stereotypes about us, about ourselves. And I personally think that we as consumers, and that goes for everybody, need to take responsibility for the things that we're consuming and just be like, and let's let's just take a moment and ask questions. Mark Brayboy is a music and culture freelance journalist. I want to thank you for coming back to CityCast Chicago, Mark. Thank you, man. I appreciate being here, man. This is second time, man. A quick note about Parkway Gardens. It was actually one of the first black-owned housing co-ops in the United States. It shifted to HUD management in the 1970s and then to private ownership in the 1980s. And similar to the story we saw in public housing across the city, that led to uh, the property deteriorating because of disinvestment. Property is still here, but many units sit in disrepair. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia is expected to announce his run for mayor today. There have been rumblings for months that the 4th District Congressman would make another attempt at City Hall. Remember, he lost in a runoff to Rahm Emanuel back in 2015. Tomorrow is Veterans Day, and there will be multiple events around the city starting at 11 a.m., including at Fuller Park, Brookfield Zoo, and Soldier Field. The Hawks are currently 5-5-2 on the ice. They've got a two-game standing out in California, taking on the Kings tonight and the Ducks on Saturday. And some good news to get you through. Tonight, North Lawndale joined community members and neighbors for a night of art and performances during musicality of poetry at Douglas Park. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Peace.